0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to the latest episode of the Fox Nomad podcast. I'm your host, Fox Nomad Anul Kolat. I have a fantastic episode for you today. My guest is Haley Kennedy. She has been to every country in the world. She is the first disabled person to visit all 193 countries on the UN list. We talk about what it's like to travel with a visual impairment, what started this goal of trying to visit every country, what it's like logistically, what are some great places, what are some difficult places. We talk about a lot of things, a lot of things travel. I think you're really going to enjoy this episode. I I really had fun in this conversation. And, um, you know, as we talked about in a previous episode, the number of people who have visited every country in the world is a very, very exclusive and small group of people. And I'm really excited that I have Haley on the show uh, to talk about it. So I hope you enjoyed this episode with Haley Kennedy. Hello. Thank you very much, Haley, for being on the podcast. Um, I, I tell all of the guests, all of our guests that I keep the pre-conversation very short because I get into these very fascinating conversations with people before I hit record. Um, and so I, I wanted to talk to you. I saw your your post about visiting every country in the world And Libya. Visiting every country in the world is a goal of mine as well. I'm at 110. So I, I, I'm nice. a little bit behind Good, you. Um So... And a lot of the countries I have left are the difficult, what I call like the difficult ones, you know, like visas (laughs) or dangerous or, you know, that kind of stuff. So, uh, you know, I guess let's start with your background. Like, I mean, how how did the traveling begin? I mean, you know, where did that all start?
1: Um, I guess I always enjoyed traveling. Um, When I was 17, I did the World Challenge Expedition um, and we went to Namibia for five weeks. Um, and I just loved that adventure um like with my parents and brothers we'd we'd done trips to Europe and to the states um but going to Africa was pretty wild um so I just kept traveling after that um, didn't really have any goals when I first started, if I'm honest um was just enjoying traveling um, was hanging out with friends and um yeah, then things just kind of escalated into going to every country. So it's kind of a late decision, really, to go to every country. It wasn't a goal I started with or anything like that. Um, when I got to 100, I kind of realized I was over halfway there. But, you know, it still took a while to actually be like, let's do this. Uh, for me, my main priority was just that um, I would found out I was going to, I was losing my eyesight. Effectively, I'm going blind. Um, and just wanted to see as much as possible before that happened. Um, so luckily I have done that. Uh, but my eyesight is, you know, it's always getting worse. And, you know, I'm just trying to see as much as possible before, you know, I don't see as much or can't see as much and things like that.
0: Yeah, you're. I, I noticed on your Facebook page, it says the first disabled person to visit all of the countries, 193, the UN list. And a few episodes ago, we covered how many people have actually been to every country. And it's it's a very small number. I, I was surprised, to be honest. I thought, oh, probably more people have done it. It's easy to fly and get places, sort of, and so on. Um, so you are in this very exclusive group of people. And then... You you mentioned your your eyesight. What what is what is uh, what is happening, and how has that affected your travelers uh, travel travels?
1: Yeah, I have Stargardt's disease, which is a form of macular degeneration. So I've lost all of my central vision. Um, so life is very very blurry. Um, there's not a lot of detail in my life. Um, so I kind of wander around the world in my own little little journey, you know, seeing what I can see using my phone camera um, and my SLR to try and see as much as possible. Um, And you'll often find me taking pictures and then zooming in on the picture to actually try and get some of the detail that I can't see with my eyes. Um, So I guess it does make traveling like quite a lot more difficult. Um, You know, people use their eyes all the time to recognize signs, buffers, you know, uber registration numbers things like that you know a lot of that is just totally not possible for me to do um so you have to learn to ask for help um you know it's it takes quite a lot to ask for help i've never realized that but uh, i've had to learn how to do that um and gen- generally people are pretty good at helping if they know you have an issue and you need help um but you know i i I guess sometimes I am a bit slower to do stuff or I can't see as much detail and I'm walking around looking like, you know, I'm totally lost because I am. But shouldn't be if my eyes worked, kind of thing. So I do end up laughing quite a lot of kind of coming across very stupid. Uh, Occasionally, there's a lot of tears uh, with just total frustration. But generally we get there.
0: And and so I, I, the the way you've described it is I the way I imagine it is is sort of you know when you if you're just imagining like a screen right like that's how we kind of see the world in this sort of uh, you know I guess sort of our peripheral vision and all so the center is blurry is sort of how I understand it and then the out the peripheral vision is maybe a little bit clearer but again it's peripheral vision so it's not like uh, you know is that Is that correct? Am I uh, on the right
1: Yeah, there's kind of like people always describe it as like a black spot, but to me it's not actually black. It's more like ants running across a computer screen. Like, I don't know, if you're a certain age, you know what the fuzzy TV screens look like. Uh, it's, It's like that to me, basically wherever I'm trying to focus. So if I'm like looking at someone, their entire face is this little blurry kind of fuzzy TV screen. Um, so it's very difficult to recognize people's faces, like exactly where you're trying to read, like where you're focusing on, that's all blurry. So yeah, everything is just so much more difficult because you're, you're missing that detail, that clarity. Um, you know, and quite often, like, I'll have to move my head around and, you know, to try and kind of see what I want to see, but without seeing it kind of straight on. Um, so yeah, things take a bit longer. Um, technology has kind of transformed life like iPads, things like that where you can make everything bigger and yeah so uh yeah i think a lot of my travels and probably finishing has been down to technology as well like still being able to book my own flights and stuff and yeah just help you're able to get through technology or other people helping you
0: and is this something that that progresses very quickly or is it slow have you had time to adapt uh, to the changes in your vision
1: so i've known for about 13 years so yeah it is just constantly learning to adapt and getting used to change um it will get worse so every day i look at my eyesight as this is the best it's ever going to be so make the most of it like each and every day um but yeah, at some point the world might go a bit darker, or you know, it might just be impossible to even see as much as I can see now, which is just kind of a blurry life.
0: Mm-hmm. But I mean, it, it's it's intra. You mean what you've done with visiting every country in the world? You know, when I tell people I've been to like 110, people are like, "Oh, you're almost done," kind of thing. And I'm like, "No, no, 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 no." <laughs> like, there are some countries where it is. Very difficult to visit for a lot of reasons. Um, Libya was your last country, but w- at what point were you you said you would get around to maybe a hundred where you started to think, oh, maybe this is something I could do I, did you w- what was left? you know did you did you have experience with some difficult countries in terms of visas, or, you know maybe they're not as safe to visit and so on?
1: And so I'd still got quite a lot of the tricky ones left um one I guess that I'd done which I hadn't realized everyone found so tricky with, with Turkmenistan I did that quite early on um, and I did North Korea quite early on uh, but I still had you know most of the kind of naughty lists of the U.S. to do and and things like that and quite a lot of Western Central Africa um which is kind of the challenge in visa region so uh, yeah, I still had quite a lot to do. And I don't think I had any appreciation for how many visas I still had to get when, you know, I'd reached 100 or anything like that. I, I guess I still hadn't really thought, yes, I'm going to do this. I was still kind of picking countries on a map based on, oh, I haven't heard of that one. Let's go there or or stuff like that. So, so yeah, it's, it kind of developed, and you just had to learn how to do it and, and do the research and, and work it all out.
0: So I, I guess getting those visas is sort of a skill, navigating the, the embassies or the forms that you need uh, that you sort of pick up along the way.
1: Yeah, what was more challenging was that I wasn't actually living in the UK, um, which the UK has a lot of embassies where you can go along and you know find out what's going on and give all your forms in. I was living in Oman, which didn't have a lot of embassies. So quite often I was having to kind of contact a visa agency and say, hey, I need these five visas. This is everything I think you need. Please tell me if there's anything else and I'm going to send everything to you. And luckily I had two passports. So one passport would go and get visas and I could continue traveling or you know, just living um, on, on the other one. So uh, I was very lucky in that respect.
0: And so when you go to a, a place, uh, you know, I, I think people listening are probably wondering, okay, so, you know, you have some vision, you know, vision impairment, and that is already difficult enough. Are you traveling solo as well on these trips? You know, a total are- mix. So when you're solo, you know, I find when I'm traveling solo, I'm much more hyper aware, because even small things like where I'm staying, if I forget the key, or I... Forget, you know, I lose my phone or something like I'm totally I don't have anyone to like I'm really screwed. <laughs> so you have this. Well, my, sort of...
1: phone is, my phone is permanently attached to me like I cannot afford to lose my phone because that's my magnifier as well. So, uh, okay. yeah, I know what you mean. <laughs>
0: yeah. So uh, do you I mean, how does it how does it how do you feel when you're out? So are you using your phone? You said to take pictures and magnify things like if you need to read something or if you see a site or something cool that you want to, you know, look at, is that how, how it works?
1: Yeah, generally. Um, I use Google maps a lot because I can't read a paper map. Mm-hmm. Um, so often I'm like checking, I'm walking in the right direction. If, if the blue dots move in along the blue line, that's awesome. And if it's not, you've got a problem and, and you're going the wrong way. So, <laughs> so yeah, I, I do use my phone for a lot of stuff. Um, I always now try and get a SIM card or, you know, like an eSIM in every country, because that's where I'm getting a lot of my information from. And a lot of um, the things I can do on my phone make life easier for me. Um, Other people, you know, might just have the confidence to wander around. And if I get lost, I'll recognize somewhere. I don't have that luxury of recognizing somewhere because the likelihood is because everything's blurry, Mm -hmm. a lot of it kind of can blend into one. So, yeah, it is really important I don't lose my phone or get it stolen or anything like that because it is a lifeline for me. The camera, the magnifier, the maps to tell me where I am or where I'm going kind of thing. And just actually like when you're looking up stuff on, on Google or one of the search engines, like just to have something where you can make the screen bigger. And mm-hmm. um, so you can actually read the writing because you can't read a book or you can't read the newspaper, things like that. So, um, so yeah, my phone is li- literally like my best friend when I'm traveling solo.
0: And and are there any settings on the phone that that you use that might not be common that you're sort of ad- adapting the phone to to help you better navigate or or you know to to read or things. Uh,
1: I just have like the biggest font ever so I'm pretty sure that everyone around me can read every text message (laughs) or what's that message that I'm sending (laughs) or if I'm at work people are like wow I can read your computer screen from across the office and I'm like right gotta remember to sit facing the wall (laughs) but there's nothing I can do about it because that allows me to to get on and do stuff so you've just got to laugh about it and not do anything dodgy when other people can see
0: yeah, I, I imagine when you're traveling and you're looking at your phone, people are probably you know, they probably don't read like they're not thinking immediately that you're using it as to aid your vision, right, that you're zooming in on things. So you might be taking pictures of things that people wouldn't normally take pictures of. I, I'm just guessing, you know, like menu signs or things like outside of a restaurant, uh, you know, has, has that caused any funny or weird interactions?
1: A couple, yeah. So I often use like the menu to uh, use the phone to read the menu and stuff like that. But also like a lot of the times if you go into like a souvenir shop or something like that, the prices are really small. So I often use my phone to like zoom in on the prices. And sometimes like, for example, I was in like a nice jewelry shop once and I was like zooming in on. On the prices and they were like no 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 you can't take pictures of, you know this is all kind of exclusive jewelry and I'm like I'm just trying to see the price to see if I should be in here or not kind of thing and they were like oh we can help you with that and I'm like no because I don't want to be embarrassed like I just want to yeah. <laughs> kind of get a get a price to reach kind of thing so sometimes it's just best to just leave and just be like okay not buying that today and you know <laughs> wander off and see if you can like uh, find a website or something to get an idea but yeah there's there's always funny interactions and Sometimes I feel weird being like, oh, I've got to declare like my entire medical history so people don't think I'm weird. But, you know, sometimes it kind of does help and they're like, oh, OK, you know, carry on. You know, We'll just ignore you. <laughs> but uh, yeah, you've just got to deal with it because there's nothing else you can do.
0: Yeah. And when you're traveling, you know, especially when you're solo, people interact. I find that you tend to people tend to interact with you more like you just have to interact, which is one of the the, the best things about traveling. But I imagine in a situation like that, where it's like the first thing you you like you have to, you don't want to explain. You know, sometimes you just want to like have some chit chat, right? But you, you you're like, oh god, I got to explain all this, and then it turns into this whole conversation that you're not a yes. you, you, <laughs> yeah
1: yeah. I've generally got used to it, and and kind of use it as a way to educate people, like you know how travel can be different when you do have an invisible disability and stuff like that. But sometimes I just want to sit and have a glass of wine by myself and, you know, Mm -hmm. just think, oh, that was a cool day. Or what am I going to do tomorrow? You know, try and work things like that out. So, yeah, in general, like really happy to chit chat and meet other people. But it does get quite exhausting, like when you're constantly explaining, oh, I can't see properly or, you know, Mm -hmm. that's all blurry. And oh, I don't know what that is. You know, so it takes it takes a while for people to to get used to the fact you are going to use your phone more or, you know, stuff like that
0: and has you know has it changed how you you know interact with travel so like does it does it change the kind of things that you find interesting that that maybe you wouldn't have before, or does it does it you know heighten certain experiences that maybe you wouldn't have thought about if you know in different circumstances?
1: yeah, I definitely try and do as much as possible um like when i first started travelling it was generally like oh i'm not coming back here so i'll just see as much as possible mm-hmm. but now it's very much the case of oh i might not come back here but if i do i might not be able to see so it's it's very much let's do and see and try as much as i can because it might be the last time i'm in this country or can you know see what i want to see so Let's pack as much as possible in. Mm. So, uh, quite often I can get back from traveling, and you know, I'll get to my parents' house and just be like, Right, I'm going to bed, and they're like, It's 2 p.m. I'm like, Yeah, I know, I'm tired, right? (laughs) You you just crash out until the next day, Um, you know, just because it is so exhausting. But I do get back from trips and be like, Wow, I've seen as much as I could possibly see and done as much as I could do, and I've like tried as much new food as I can and drink, and yeah. So, yeah, just. (laughs) Making the most of every day and doing and seeing as much as possible is, is just how I I try and approach travel wherever I go.
0: And, you know, there's sort of this, I guess, stereotype of travelers or people in general now where everybody takes pictures of everything, even things they shouldn't like fireworks or they go to a concert, they're taking pictures. And then, you know, people, I, I guess the sort of the meme is, right, like they, they're not experiencing or seeing things. you go to Taj Mahal and everybody has the cabin and it's totally fine I get it I mean I have been there too and done it is that something that you know like I I I sort of I'm interested to know you know you you're, you're seeing these places for the last time right there's some places you don't go back and I find that I forget places until like somebody will say oh you did you go there I was like oh yeah I did and I forgot so the kind of things I remember that are left over are not the things I photographed. I'm curious for you, like what are the things that you hold on to when you go to a place? In other words, I, I you know, like you're taking pictures and all, but I, I wonder, is it a different experience? Like, are you trying to remember different things, sort of?
1: Um, I guess for me, I'm trying to remember what things look like, and so I do take a lot of pictures. Um, <laughs> I also, because I have alopecia and I've lost my hair, I do try and take pictures of myself in places as well because I'm trying to help normalize um, baldness in women um, for all those people that have alopecia and, you, you know, everyone can be at different stages of their journey um, and just to try and normalize it so they hopefully will get the confidence at some point to to go out bald or, you know, to, to just feel confident and comfortable in who they are and you know the circumstances that have that have happened that have made them bold. so uh, yeah photography is quite important to me but i do try and get back and then make a photo book of like the best parts of that trip you know with the main sites i've seen or you know things like that and then i can just open that book um you know later on and just be like oh that was a really great trip i really love that um i guess as i've now kind of done a lot more countries i can't make one book per country because (laughs) i'm often on the road when i when i finish one country i might be heading on to another one Uh, so now it's more a book per trip rather than per country um just based on like time and things like that but i do love looking back through them and there's definitely been like a lot of my early travels i guess i still wasn't necessarily comfortable myself so i'm not in too many pictures um, and now I've got to a stage where I am comfortable being bold and you know things like that. Um, there are more pictures of me like in different places, doing different things, seeing different things. So it's kind of cool to see how that journey happened in tandem to the travels as well
0: and so when you travel are are you it sounds like on some trips you're going to multiple countries in a row, like you know, from you're staying in a region, is that sort of how you planned? Uh, your travels or is it more uh, hopping around you know just
1: Um, I guess it varies so I've moved around a lot I've lived in six different countries um, and I tend to kind of move to a region and then try and travel that region but I don't want to do like one after the other necessarily because I think if you you travel like through one region without doing anything else everything can get a little bit samey and you you might not necessarily appreciate everything you're seeing. So I do try and live in a region, but also travel outside of that region at the same time, either through work trips or just friends have said, "Oh, let's go here and you know we want to do a trip together." but ju- also just have that break from seeing like the same things over and over again, or you know, them slightly different, you know, so I just think it's important to appreciate every country and not just, travel a region as fast as possible to tick it off and Mm -hmm. not necessarily appreciate the differences. A lot of the time they are quite subtle differences if you travel through one region all at the same time, but there are differences and it's nice to to appreciate those.
0: So if you were going to make a, I I guess, a a book of the highlights, like if if you were going to say, okay, these are the the highlights of all of these 193 countries. Are there certain things that stick out that you're like, that was a great moment, or that was a great meal, or more people should know about this place or this thing?
1: Um, I guess like I've realized that I really like quirky architecture, but also like quite a lot of nature. Mm-hmm. So I've realized that I've seen quite a lot of active volcanoes uh, as I've done my travels. Um, which has been quite cool. And some, you know, you've got to hike all day to get to the top and others, you know, it's a 15 minute walk and the volcanoes erupting um, like Mount Tana um, in Vanuatu. And and you literally just stand there wondering if you're about to die because you're watching this volcano (laughs) kind of shoot rocks and ash above you. Um, So there's some really like bizarre experiences I really enjoyed um, in the DRC, there's Mount Nirgongo and you climb up and when I did it, there was the lava lake and, you know, I'd never seen one of those before, which I thought was quite cool, um, but sadly it erupted a year after I'd been and it hasn't reopened. So, mm. you know, I think you've got to grab the opportunity to do as much as possible when you can, because there's no guarantee that like, actually you'll still be able to do it if you go back again, mm-hmm. because with with nature, I guess so much can change. But, you know, make the most of it while you're there rather than saying, oh, I'll come back and do that in the future because you might not get the chance.
0: And is there a a, a sort of is there any advice you'd give somebody who's thinking about going to every country or maybe traveling to a lot of countries or just sort of extensive travel? Is there something that you've picked up that you're like, yeah, you should do this or this would make your travels easier if you knew X, Y or Z?
1: Um, I guess everyone's got to do their journey how they want. Um, I guess the one piece of advice, I guess two pieces of advice. One, just go and enjoy it. Um, <laughs> but my second piece would be don't leave Africa till last because I okay. think you can get, like, Africa can tie you out because the infrastructure is often lacking and things are actually very expensive in Africa that you wouldn't necessarily expect. So I think you can get quite africa out if that makes any, any mm-hmm. sense. So I'd, I'd say go to every country. It is so worth it. And everywhere is quite different and has, you know, every country has something to offer, but do Africa in like small little chunks so that you can actually enjoy it and appreciate it rather than going, oh, I've got every single country to do and that's all I have left.
0: That is, That is is, I'm going to take that advice because... A lot of the countries I haven't been to yet are in Africa. So basically, sub-Saharan Africa is totally open. I, I yeah. So I, I'm going to take that advice. That that is that is good advice. In um, oh. a couple of countries, I, I'm sorry. Uh, uh, were you going to say something? Uh, no, no, no. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I, so and a, a couple of countries in North Africa have been very difficult for me. I have had trouble either obtaining the visa or getting to these countries. One is Algeria, which has made it. Like uh, it, it's sort of like one day I'm gonna get that visa. It's just gonna—I know it's just gonna take me a few tries um, for whatever reason. But the other one is Libya, which you—you you said something that that I think is really interesting that I've thought about a lot, which is their countries like like I—I I had an opportunity to go to Syria long ago, but I was like, oh, that's easy, I'll go. And now it's considerably more difficult. Um, or you know, certain places where war has taking a toll or they're just difficult to go, you know, visit things like that. Um, so Libya is one of those places where I had an opportunity to go where it would have been easier. And now it's I'm thinking considerably more difficult to actually go there. And then what is that like, you know, actually getting the the permission to go, I guess the visa to go? And then once you're there, what is that experience like?
1: So. I hadn't necessarily planned Libya to be my last country. Um, I had planned it to be the trip over my 40th birthday. Mm -hmm. Um, It just happened that I ended up having time off last year to travel, and it was my last country. So I had booked with uh, Lupine, and... um, so they were in contact with the local company um, and sorted out a lot of a lot of the kind of um, technicalities with the visa. And once you got your code through, you had to go to the embassy and get your visa um, yourself. Um, but a lot of kind of the hard work had been done beforehand. So that was quite useful. Um, with it being the last country, um, I wasn't actually intended to tell the group it was my last country, although I knew Lupine knew. Um, but one of my friends was on the trip who, Libya was his 192. And so as soon as we got there, he was like, wow, well, this is your old country. <laughs> so everyone knew, because I was super nervous about it just in case something happened and, um, you know, I didn't get in or, you know, there was disappointment. Because mm-hmm. things can go wrong, especially when, you know, this isn't like going to a country in Europe where you tend to fly in and I've got a British passport, so I wouldn't expect any issues. Mm-hmm. You know, this is a country that, you know, hadn't really had tourists in for, you know, the last 10, 11 years kind of thing. So there was a lot of possibility that something could go could go wrong. So I was really super nervous. And it even when like we got through and I had the stamp and we were looking for the bus, I was still a bit like, is this real? Like has this happened? Something could go wrong. We haven't got to the hotel yet, you know, things like that. So, you know, it was quite nerve-wracking and there was quite a bit of anxiety around it. And It kind of took till the next day, like, when we started to explore to really think, oh, wow, this is the last country. Like, I've actually done it. I'm in my last country. So um, it was quite surreal. Um, But Libya itself, I was quite surprised by. Um, Having lived in, like, the Middle East and in, um, like, the Muslim Arabic um, kind of culture, I was actually really surprised by how kind of relaxed and liberal um, Libya was. Um, you know, I'd kind of I try and get like a picture with my back tattoo, like cause I've got the map of the world on my back um in every country, or I have tried since I got the tattoo for my hundredth country. but um, you know quite often you've gotta kind of sneak away and you know it might not be exactly where where you want because you know you've gotta hide from people because you don't want to be disrespectful. Mm -hmm. Um, but actually they were super cool. They were just like, once they realized, like I had the map of the world on my back and things like that, they, they all wanted pictures as well, kind of thing. So (laughs) it was, it was a lot easier than I thought it would be. Um, and, and everyone was super friendly. They were so happy to have tourists in the country. You know, they really wanted to welcome you and, you know, spend time with you and talk to you. And it was so different to what I'd expected having known that the country was like quite closed off really for Mm -hmm. for quite a while to have gone there and had such a positive experience that was yeah just so different to what i was expecting
0: and so you didn't feel i i mean you know some places you go and they're dangerous and sort of it puts you know at least for me when you initially go to that place you're unsure and so it makes you just like, did I did I make a mistake by coming here? So, did you feel that in Libya, or does it feel no. like normal?
1: No, it felt. I've often found that a lot of uh, predominantly Muslim Arabic countries are a lot safer um, than other countries, and I I felt like I felt there. So, um, not that I was necessarily expecting to feel unsafe, but I I was I was very relaxed there, <laughs> which had surprised me.
0: And. I've heard different stories. I I travel with a lot of camera gear, a lot of tech, um, and and you do too, right? So you have your cameras. Was that an issue in Libya or has that been an issue in places, especially when you take out like a mirrorless camera? I I feel like that sort of sets off alarms for certain people in certain countries like, oh, that's a, that's a quote, professional camera. So we'll treat that differently than like your phone, even though they both kind of do the same thing. But you know, was that an issue in Libya or anywhere else?
1: Um, so I didn't take my big camera to Libya. I just had my phone with me mm-hmm. um, because I wasn't because I wasn't sure, mm-hmm. um, and I try not to cause myself additional problems than mm-hmm. I need to because I've already got enough challenges. Um, I'm not sure if anyone had a big camera on our trip. Um, I can't remember any. I think people just had phones, and and we didn't have any issues with that.
0: Okay. Good to know. It's just just interesting um, how different tech is treated in different countries, like a a drone obviously is one, um, but also like a mirrorless or DSLR camera. Um, So now that you've gone to every country, sort of what's next? I mean, does that, does that, do you go, boy, I don't want to travel anymore. People are probably wondering, or is it the opposite? Is it like, oh, I want to go back to here or I want to see this or how do you feel now?
1: So I have been set a few challenges by people um, and I haven't decided totally if I'm going to take any of them up yet. But so what I am kind of looking at at the minute is um, my friend who's on 192, Gary, he has, uh, and we're both doing it. We're trying to get every European passport stamp as we're both British. <laughs> and now we get stamped in and out of Europe before they stop stamping. So that's quite a fun one. And, you know, a lot easier to do, not really any visa issues, things like yeah. that. So that's just kind of a little fun challenge. Uh, I have been challenged to do everything all over again, um, (laughs) which I'm not sure my bank balance or my patience would allow that, but we'll see what happens. Um, No, since I finished, I have been traveling around the South Pacific, um, done um, a bit more of, um, I did uh, French Polynesia, the Cook Islands, Pitcairn Islands, um, total opposite side, I went to um, Antarctica um i'm planning a few drive trips with friends and a bit more easy travel for this year um, mm-hmm. hopefully not with um with a lot of uh, visa or embassy uh, trips or issues mm-hmm. um and then just kind of enjoying you know knowing you've finished and you know it was a super big challenge i'd been doing for over 20 years so it's kind of nice not really to have a travel focus at the minute and if friends say um. Hey, do you want to go here? I can say, yeah. Actually, that sounds good. Yeah, let's go. Rather than saying, oh, well, it's not on my list anymore, so you know, can't do that till I've finished. Now I'm at the point where I can say yes to stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, even if I've been because we might be going to a different town or a different city or doing something different, and I'm really looking forward to that.
0: <laughs> That's nice. Yeah, you you don't have to say, oh, I'm going to this country, and people are, like, why are you going there? Well, it's number you know, 121 or number 148 or whatever it happens to be. Now I could just go kind of without the pressure of the challenge, I guess.
1: Well, what was really interesting was a lot of my last 10 countries were basically going across Central Africa. And um, you know, I couldn't really find anyone to go with me. Like a lot of my normal friends are just like, "Oh my god, are you crazy?" <laughs> and then I had some friends that, although they were trying to do every country, they'd already done them. So I was like, "Okay, I'm just going to go by myself and find a local guide in each country and and things like that," which was fine. But as I was posting pictures, and I never post where I actually am, just for security reasons and things like that, I was then getting people messaging me going oh my God, I needed to do that country. I would have come with you if I'd known. So I could have done this whole trip with like two or three different people I'd met like traveling along the way. Um, You know, and I'm watching them do it now going, oh, okay, you know, a few months later, but you know, this could have been a fun trip to all do together kind of thing. So uh, maybe I should post where I am, Um, but it just feels safer to always do it afterwards, which does mean you often miss people.
0: And where are you posting most of your travels online? I mean, what what is your main focus? Or is it social media, or your site?
1: Uh, yeah, so I like Facebook's really just for my family and people I've met. Um, so I keep that one kind of private. Um, my Instagram's public and I tend to post my favorite pictures um, from like each trip I've done on there. Um, and then I have my blog, um, Bold Blind Beautiful Travels, where you know, I write about my travels and add pictures in that show what I'm talking about did happen um, kind of thing. Um, and I quite enjoy writing about, like, what I've done and what I've seen and and things like that. Actually, it's a really nice way to kind of capture your memories while they're quite fresh. Um, and then you read back and go, oh, yeah, that did happen. That was really funny, you know, things like that. So, yeah, I, I quite enjoy doing that.
0: I will leave a link to those for those listening in the show notes so where you can find Hayley.com. Uh, and see all the places that, that she's been. I, I am a sort of jealous, I guess, of people who've been to the Congo because that is for me the trip. Like I, I, I almost have it like in this. I, I might even be building it up too much, and I go and it will be just disappointing or difficult or for whatever reason. But there's something about that place that I just really want to go and and see the see the jungle and just I I don't know that it fascinates me to, to know and so.
1: I mean, both Congos are very interesting. Um, I had two great trips there, um, you know, one to each very, like very much separately, a couple of years apart kind of thing. And, um, and yeah, you should go as soon as possible because um, they are getting more popular. And And what's been really nice is to go to a lot of places before you see hundreds of people's pictures afterwards. Mm-hmm. Or, I mean, before you've been kind of thing going, oh, I know what I'm going to see. And like, you know, everyone's doing a similar itinerary kind of thing. So, so yeah, try and go as soon as possible if you can.
0: Thanks. Thank you for the advice. I will, I will. And, and also the, the Africa advice. So it's, it's the two things are coming together now that I'm like, okay, I haven't yet been really to sub-Saharan Africa and I want to go to Congo. Maybe, maybe it's time, you know, that's, that's the start.
1: Um, oh, I hope you have a great time when you get there.
0: Uh, thank you. I will let you know. I will I will send you a message and I'll say, this was amazing or this thing was great or, you know, whatever the thing, there's always like a thing about a place when you visit that it's like, that's the one like thing I remember, you know, in years later, when I forget all the other small things it's like, okay, I remember that thing. So, yeah, I wonder what that will be with, with the Congo's. Um,
1: In the Republic of Congo, I remember I'd said, oh, I really want to do like a hike or something like that, like particularly to a waterfall. And they're like, yeah, yeah, don't worry. Like, we've booked a day hike to this waterfall. I was like, great. So we drove for like five hours. And I was like, guys, how long are we hiking for? You know, if if we're driving for five hours each way kind of thing. And they were like, oh, you know, like 10 minutes. And I was like, (laughs) what? This is like the day hike? (laughs) And they were like, well, yeah, we're out all day. It's like, oh, okay. So we got to this waterfall, and I was like, oh, okay, where's the hike? And they're like, oh, you, you know, the waterfall's there. And it wasn't even a 10-minute hike. It was literally like at 20 seconds. I- I, and that was the entire day trip sitting in the car for 10 hours, like on some of the worst roads I'd ever seen to see this waterfall. <laughs> Not a single bit of hiking at all.
0: I, I like the mentality. They're probably thinking like, why do you want to walk when we can just drive right up to the waterfall? <laughs> <laughs> that, that, but it's that those
1: is... kind of things you remember.
0: <laughs> yeah, it is. It really is. Those sort of those weird, funny things that happen to you. And then you realize, like, oh, we are thinking different. Like, you're just like, okay. This is this is a you know, we're just not, and i I love those moments where you're like you have, you know, a group of people and they're all thinking differently. And I just like they're just looking at the same situation totally differently. and it's hilarious that is
1: brilliant. Uh,
0: so I, I guess to my last question is uh, just wrapping things up is I always wonder like I, I've never had this issue, but I wonder, like after you go to Libya, for example, and then I'm assuming you flew back to the u k, you're, you know, I don't know if you flew back directly, but I mean, when you when you're going through, you know, passport control, or like when you've been to Syria, I mean, do they go? Why did you go there? And does it raise suspicion, or is it, or when they see all the other stamps in your passport, are they like, oh, okay, you're you're just traveling a lot? But you know, does it seem weird, or do you get questioned or anything like that?
1: Um, So the only time I really worry is when I'm going through the state Mm -hmm. Um, and quite often I go through on special assistance anyway, Um, you know, and I've got a US visa and I always like get up to the counter and, and they're like, Oh, you know, why have you got a visa? And what's wrong with you? And I was like, Oh, I'm trying to see the world before I go blind kind of thing. And quite a lot of the the time they're like, Oh, you know, Oh, we're so sorry. We'll pray for you. And by the time I think they've, of like felt pity for me uh-huh. you know they're they're signing me into the u.s and you know not really thinking about the fact i've been to all of the places on their naughty list um <laughs> so that that's like always my biggest worry because mm-hmm. having to transit through the u.s you know can be a little bit nerve-wracking when you have been to um some of these countries um i mean i i went to belgium like two weeks ago just because like i said me and my friend are trying to uh, collect every european passport stamp and I landed in Brussels and the guy goes, oh, so what are you doing here? I was like, actually, I just want the passport stamp. And yeah. he was like, what? So he flicks through my passport. He goes, oh, yeah, you do have a lot of stamps. He's like, okay, stamps the passport. He goes, where are you going next? I was like, oh, you know, I've got a few days here. And then I go to Luxembourg. He's like, you're going for the passport stamp? I was like, yeah. He's just like, you're weird. Go through. <laughs> <laughs> so he can... You know, it can be really funny and leads to some really silly conversations, and people are just like, "Okay, whatever." Like <laughs> each to their own kind of thing. So, um, I mean, I like now I find the funny side of of things like this, and but like when I was traveling, you know, twenty years ago, I now that I have my passport stamp and my picture is bald there, but I used to wear a wig in like all my photos. But I'd often travel uh, without a wig and just be bald. And I used to get some really like kind of nasty comments. And, and my friends have always sent me through first because they're like, oh, we want to listen to what they say to you like when you go through <laughs> kind of thing. <laughs> so obviously, like we tried to make it a very amusing thing. But I, I remember I, I went to Sri Lanka and the guy opens my passport and he's like, oh, miss, what happened? You used to be beautiful. And I was just like, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> He's like, yeah, you're you're in your picture, you're really beautiful, and I was like, okay, man, please just step me in, <laughs> kind of thing. And all my friends are obviously standing behind me, like rolling around laughing. <laughs> I I don't really know how to deal with those situations <laughs> even now, but it, it's quite amusing, like looking back on it. So
0: it's like is this a it roast happens. or is this passport control like what's going on you know like it's like so random yeah am i in a beauty pageant because i thought yeah.
1: i was just trying to get into the country
0: that, that is it is it is hilarious you know it's just i i just imagine probably you know i always think of a passport control officers probably it's pretty boring like it's pretty just standard but then somebody like you has all these stamps they're probably just like what is going on here they're like they're probably like this country that country and you said you kind of bounce around from regions, so it doesn't seem to, you know, they might just, it just is like a random collection of countries and they're just like, what is going on? So I always feel like they take yeah. a little bit of extra time because they're curious and because it's bo- it's a boring job, I would assume, you know, so.
1: Yeah, I mean, I haven't really had any problems except when I renewed my passport this last time. And I tried to use a blank passport and I had to have so many extra security checks. And so I don't know if I was just flagged randomly or something like that. Or they were like, hmm, a blank passport. This is weird. <laughs> I don't think so. I don't know. Luckily, it's filled up pretty quickly.
0: That That is great. I I, I really admire what you've done. I, I I mean, it is very difficult to go to every country. It is a lot of work it takes a lot of planning and and logistics and some of the countries are like you said not easy to visit i mean it's just very difficult and i'm assuming out of 193 some are not as good as others right so some are not as good of an experience as others so uh, maybe it's discouraging along the way but uh, it's really cool. And you are in a very exclusive group of people. I, I can't remember the number, but it's not a lot of people who have been to every country. Surprise I mean, I always thought it would have been like thousands of people, but no, 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 it's a lot less. Um, I guess
1: so, it's like it's the luxury of having a British passport, I guess, mm-hmm. which has been incredibly helpful. Um, but just that desire, like it has become my priority, like above everything else. Um I, I don't think you can kind of do it half-heartedly and expect to finish. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, it, it's been amazing, but I am at the same time glad it's finished. And <laughs> having the freedom to choose where to travel, with, to travel to going forward, you know, feels like a real luxury.
0: Yeah, yeah. Now you can enjoy, you know, chatting about the passport stamps with passport control and and, and rather than, you know, having to hang out at passport control and... <laughs> uh, you know, know about
1: you, it in. <laughs> Yeah, you'd be
0: nervous. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's just the, the, the most awkward interaction you have as troubles. you go up to passport control and you just always feel like you're doing something wrong in some countries. It's like, I just want to visit this place, but they just kind of look at you just feel like you're doing something that you shouldn't be doing. And it's like, no. <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it, some, some countries do passport control a lot better, I, I, I will say. Um, uh, Denmark is so far the the best one. Whenever you I go to Denmark, which hasn't been a lot, but they're always cracking jokes. They're like so friendly. They're just like, oh, it's like I'm visiting friends. Like they're just like, hey, welcome back. Ah, da, da, da. What are you here for? You're going to this? I'm like, wow, this is so nice. Whereas, yes, yeah, you know, other countries, it's like, why would you come here? What do you want?
1: <laughs> you know, it's yeah, like, exactly. oh, I don't know. are you crazy? <laughs> yeah.
0: Have you? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> like, can't you do something better with your time and money? It's like, no, I want to see the place where you live. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I will... remember
1: when I was heading to DRC, I'd said to people at work, you know, like, if you want me to review your contract, you need to get them in because I'm going on holiday for two weeks. And, you know, the standard, where are you going? It's like, oh, Democratic Republic of Congo. <laughs> and at the time, I was a risk manager. And they were like, are you sure you're a risk manager? You don't seem to avoid much risk kind of thing. And I think from a professional point of view, they were a bit like, are you crazy? Are you telling us what risk we can take on and you're going there? So, um, yeah, they, it does lead to interesting conversations.
0: They're probably expecting something like France or Italy or something. And then you're like, oh no, Democratic Republic of the Congo. And you're like, what? You know, I just imagine they're like, yeah. Yeah. Um, that that is that is theirs, but you know, I guess I guess it is good. I mean, you know, you've you've done it, and so it's not as scary out there. I think a lot of people are are scared to visit, you know, a lot of the world, and and um, you know, it it's 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 you've done it. So there you go. For people listening who are scared, there you go. Someone has done it. Thank and, you. And um, it, it's been really nice talking to you. I. I Fascinated, I could talk to you about all these countries. It's it's really, uh, you know, I, I bet you have people too who have been to a lot of countries who are like, oh, when you went to this country, did you do this thing or what was this like? You know, because there are some countries where I don't know a lot of people who have been to that country, whatever it happens to be. So it's like when I find somebody, I'm just like, ah, you know.
1: <laughs> no, it's great, and I I still like I just started uh, back at work last week, and I'm still getting messages from people saying hey, can you come here tomorrow? Hey, why don't you book a flight here? Or should we go there next weekend? And I'm like, guys, I've got a job now. Like, <laughs> yeah. I actually can't travel like I've been traveling for like nearly a year. And they're like, oh, that's not cool. But I'm going to go here. Where should I go? <laughs> you know? So uh, and, it's, and it's great. And I I have such a nice group of travel friends who I've met along the way and... Yeah, it's it's just so fun chatting about different countries and experiences and you know, laughing about how things went wrong or you know, just the funny things that happened.
0: Well, yeah, thank you. Thank you again. I, I like I, I just I imagine people are like, Hey, come on, I'm going to the I don't know, I'm going to going to Mogadishu. Like, do you want to join? You're like, oh, I can't, you know, I am doing I'm going I'm going to Brussels to get my passport stamp. And they're like, Oh, come on. It's just Mogadishu, you know. Like, come on, it's it's nothing. It's like Brussels. Um, <laughs> thank you again. I I will leave links to where people can find you on Instagram and your site. Um, they can check thank out you. your stories and pictures <laughs> and um and just read more about what your adventure has been like and also wow. the upcoming adventures because it it hasn't stopped. So um, it hasn't. <laughs> Thank you again so much for your time and everyone for listening. Thank you. And uh, wherever you're listening to this, make sure you leave a five star rating, Apple, Stitcher, Google, all of those places. Thank you again, haley, for for taking some time to talk to me. And uh, yeah, I'll see everybody in the next episode. Thank you, Haley, for being a guest on the Fox Nomad podcast. And thank all of you for watching. Make sure you hit the like and subscribe buttons. Or if you are listening on the audio version, make sure you give the podcast five stars wherever you're listening to your podcast. It really helps us get the word out about the podcast. Thank you all for listening. And until the next episode, I hope you have a great rest of your day.